0: Welcome everybody. This is Alpha Delta, a video series on my podcast where I have conversations with people who are operating at a higher level, with the hopes that it motivates and inspires you to become the best version of themselves. So today, my guest is Alhansa. Alhansa is someone that I went to boarding school with in South Africa. Um, really good friend, and you know her her journey and the things she's done has really inspired me and motivates me a lot. But, you know, Alhansa. for those who don't know who you are, you know, could you just introduce yourself? Let us know who you are, where you're from, what you do, and where do you go to school.
1: Um, hi, everyone. I'm Alhansa, um, or uh, for short. I'm originally from Morocco. I was born and raised there and then finished up my high school. In South Africa, where I met the lovely Joe. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: After that, I went to Bates College, where I studied both economics and math and French. And right after that, I started a career in banking. I am right now based in New York City, and I do asset-backed securities financing.
0: All right, so Hansa, the first question I have for you is, um, what are you passionate about and why?
1: So, um, give me a minute to think about the answer for yeah, this okay. question. Of course. Um, <laughs> Take your <laughs> time, I, to, your time <laughs> I do have to say, um, I think the one thing I'm mostly passionate about, and this is something that um, my family and friends would attest to, is. Um, the idea of making sure teaching, be it in a classroom setting or someone mentoring another person or um, simply somebody explaining a concept to a friend, that teaching, that act of teaching is done in the best way, the most effective way, and also leaves the receiver feeling worthy and, they actually understand what they were taught or what they were seeking to understand. And this is because I, um, before going to sporting school with Joe in South Africa, I was studying in a mainly French-based system and right. um, it's uh, very rigid and it allows for very little iterations and tweaks to how concepts are introduced. Um, my mom, I uh, used to be an educator and, and, and by virtue she also had that style of teaching and right. it didn't come with me personally and I, I've always thought that, you know, there's, there's an issue but I, I, I later on discovered that there are different styles of teaching, there are different styles of learning, um, there's no such thing as a slow learner or someone that doesn't get concepts or Uh, someone that's you know just slow overall it's really just about how they're introduced to whatever concept they're seeking to understand so something I'm very passionate about and I, I try to kind of study and learn about the different styles of teaching so that you know even if I'm just explaining directions to a stranger I'll be able to do it in a great way
0: right right no, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, like, I think being an educator is such an important thing because I feel like everyone has something that they can teach and, like, bring value to other people. And even for you, recognizing that, like, you know, different people learn differently. Like, you're so right. You know, there's that whole, I think it's, like, seven types of learning or something where you have, like, a sp- spatial learners and, like, yeah. have, like, interpersonal learners. And, like, you know, like, literally... Everybody has their own like combination of of um, skill, like learning style, yeah. in a sense. So it's it's, it's important to recognize that and be able to address that accordingly. Mm-hmm.
1: Totally.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So um, you know, taking a step back, um, I want you to give us an idea of uh, what your childhood was like. You know, just like, what was it like growing up for you? Um, what do you spend your time doing? Um, what was high school like? I um, mean, you know, just walk us through those years and just that experience for you
1: yeah absolutely so i was blessed and lucky to have a really loving family both my immediate and extended and i grew up around them so definitely had tons and tons of love and appreciation growing up so really grateful for that but um grew up with two siblings i have an older sister and a younger brother and um, by virtue of what my dad used to do, we moved around Morocco frequently, so every few years we spent them in a different city, in a different region, uh, so that was an eye-opener for me as a, as a young kid. Uh, you know, you, you think your country and culture is one thing, uh, but it really to be going around and learning about people and where they come from to see their major differences and nuances and all of that and with all the moving around obviously came the good parts and the bad parts and as a kid it's not always fun to say going to your friends but uh, somehow it, it really came easier to me um, as opposed to what I had ever thought or what my parents would have thought um, so I always looked at the moving around just like another chance and opportunity to make so, 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 so many friends uh, on the playground. Um, So I definitely enjoyed that a lot. Um, I grew up very, very close to my parents, specifically to my mom and my siblings as well. Um,
0: So Alhansa, you were just telling us a bit about your childhood. Uh, before the short technical difficulties. So sorry, everybody about that, but uh, carry on the answer. So.
1: Yeah, so um, uh, i was saying with with all the moving around um, that we did, I just uh, in Columbia, you get really close to your family. I grew up being very, very close to my siblings, but mostly my mom. Um, and uh, she had this golden rule of how, Uh, Especially to me, because I was the the social one out of my siblings, especially my sister. Um, You know, no best friends. You can have as many friends as you want, but no best friends. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, You know, it sounded like a silly rule at first, but I'm really grateful for that, because, you know, you go into school as a child, and uh, you really don't narrow your friend circle to one or two best friends kind of like just roaming around and talking to all kinds of people and different people right um, And from there on i carried down this habit and just graph.
0: um folks thank you so much for joining us back again sorry about all the technical uh difficulties we could hear that um Loud sound that I'm sure you guys all picked up on, but uh, hopefully now we fixed it. We got Alhansa with some headphones, so things should be good. Okay. But uh, you know, Alhansa, you were essentially just like wrapping up on, you know, just talking about your childhood. You were talking a little bit about your family, and I think you were basically mentioning about how you know you couldn't have best friends, but you, yeah, maybe just elaborate a bit more about that.
2: Yeah, so because we moved around a lot, I think that was just the protective nature of my mom. Uh, not allowing best friends just so that she can probably make the moving and changing places a little easier on us and it would come easier on us and I totally understand where she you know came from as an adult and as a mom Um, uh, but you know I it's so funny it's such a silly rule and to her it serves a different purpose um, but I'm actually so grateful for it because it really encouraged me as a child to always have very different sets of friends and ever since then I've picked up this habit of um, as I said earlier grasshopping socially mm-hmm. um, so um, in boarded school that was the same thing in college that was the same thing I had kind of A lot of sets of friends that I'm close with and I care about, and they care about me. Um, uh, And same thing right now, I have uh, kind of different circles and sets that I kind of hop around and catch up with uh, whenever people are available.
0: Yeah, awesome, awesome, really cool. Um, So, the next question I have for you is is, um, can you walk us through how you got to where you are today? You know, just tell us a bit about your career path. What are some of the things you've done just like elaborate on all of that
2: yeah um so when i went to college uh obviously just like everybody else you really don't know what you um want to do for a career um but i started taking classes within my majors specifically in math and in economics and I really realized that uh, you know no matter what the subject is I just had a nick for um, if you have a problem or a puzzle I really enjoyed kind of solving it and understanding the technicality of it and then moving on Um, so kind of like really getting into the nitty-gritty of things and just finding out why things work the way they work um, and then once I acquire that information, then I have no further interest in kind mm. of digging, uh, you know, a lot deeper or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's more like um, um, what I call it being nosy, you know, I'm just nosy. I just, I just want to know, like, what's going on.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> once once I know I'm good, I can yeah. move on to the next <laughs> thing. For
0: sure. Um right.
2: So, um, the combination of math and economics can, you can obviously do loads and loads and loads of things. It just so happened that when I was a sophomore, I was introduced to the concepts and the divisions of sales and trading within banks. I never knew that, never knew it's a thing. Uh, I was actually an alumni's parent that, talk to me about it and he worked in in the business yeah it was it was out of the blue it was um it was very spontaneous if 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 anything and and it's because I had such a fun and nice relationship with everybody that worked at the Career Development Center of my college I was always around ever since I was a freshman I just Uh, had a a liking to them and I was always around them and I was always hearing these talks about people trying to jot down their career paths etc so I'm glad I I started learning and hearing those things as early as being a freshman and uh, uh, through them I one day this parent was on campus um, and I met them and and they told me about sales and trading and I, I never knew of it and it seemed like a a really cool combination between uh, theories and technicals that you learn in your uh, um, math classes and statistics etc, and also the concepts and theories that you learn in economics, especially if you go into a macro related asset class so right. um, <coughs> I learned about this when I was a um, a sophomore so I just had in mind that okay, uh, in this country specifically, unlike other places, Mm -hmm. they're a little bit um, early and eager with their recruiting process. So I just had uh, yeah, I kind of had to make sure I had my um, my chances there as well. So I started wrapping up applications with the hopes to get a junior internship, which is what most people do. Uh, But in the meantime, I told myself, um, my freshman and sophomore summers, I'm going to use those to just try things that are very different and that I find interesting. So my freshman year, I uh, worked at a family foundation here in New York City that does philanthropy. I'm very much interested in that field, uh, but quickly realized after my internship that that's maybe something I can go into once I have you know a good net of of, (laughs) um, connections (laughs) to to raise capital successfully and work with people and all of that Um, it was a great experience nonetheless I learned uh, a lot of uh, uh, just relationship management tricks and tips Um, and I'm grateful for that opportunity Uh, my sophomore year I went into something also uh, client and relationship management focused but more so within the financial services industry. It was a hub or a, a this uh, little um, uh, firm uh, down in Hong Kong that does investors relations and That was also very eye-opening to see um, how you maintain relationships and how you can be client-facing in in this sphere. Uh, After those two internships, I realized that, okay, I think I want to dedicate my first bit of my 10-year career towards really harnessing the hard skills and technical skills. uh, So that whatever asset class or side I'm interested in I really know it like the back of my hand, and right. then later on i can mo- I can move into um more client facing roles if I'm still interested in what I'm doing, I say this because I'm someone that um it doesn't come easy to me to talk about something that I do mm. not know it really right. really really well yeah. um, so getting into the weeds of things and 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 understanding how. Everything works, it just really helps me and kind of like pumps up my confidence a little bit nice, <laughs> before nice. i can I can talk to anyone or kind of like um face, uh, clients or be responsible for any any types of uh, or any of those types of relationships yeah. um, so I got my soft my junior internship uh in sales and trading after I graduated I joined um Uh, my internship went well i joined the same bank again within sales and trading i tried two different asset classes or what we call desks i first tried foreign exchange and interest rate structuring and then i tried credit structuring um and then i decided to move into capital markets and, and and learn a little bit more about the origination side and the banking side as well so uh once again, I'm doing what I do best, being nosy, you know, just right. going in, digging into stuff. Once yeah. I know how it works, I'm like, OK, enough, <laughs> I'm going right. to find me another spot.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes. for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Also, awesome,
1: awesome. Interesting. Interesting.
0: All right, Hansa. So the next question I have for you is, um, what has been one pivotal moment in your life that has shaped your career? And the follow-up question for that is, what has been your greatest achievement so far?
2: So one moment in life that shaped, sorry, can you say that again?
0: Yeah, so what has been one pivotal moment in your life that has shaped your career? And the follow-up question is, what has been your greatest achievement in your career so far?
2: Mm -hmm. okay Um, I think um, earlier this year I um, I was I was thinking about um, uh, switching switching teams and and um, I I thought I I thought I had clarity of um, what was out there for me as a possibility um, and one day it just dawned on me and I was like, you know, uh, let me just chat up a few uh, of the contacts I've, uh, I've had since, since joining the bank and, and they're all um, really kind and nice uh, women, very accomplished uh, in, in their own fields. Um, and when I talked to them, they just opened my eyes up to infinite loads of opportunities and right. right there and then i had an epiphany and i was like i'm so young in my career path that mm-hmm. i really don't know what i don't know i don't have the intuition um, you know it takes one to realize what you know what you're doing now and where it could lead next and then where it could lead a few years down the line right. um so even when you're doing these little reflection exercises it's always helpful to chat up someone who is, you know, pretty advanced in their career and they're pretty well accomplished. And and hopefully you can, you can land a connection and a contact that has the same background as you maybe, or has done the same um, uh, initial steps as you've done, so that you're able to do that relative comparison. But I think that moment, uh, you know, it just kind of, um, taught me that okay, next time I ever think about a switch, a change, or just, you know, I wanna I wanna think through what I'm doing now and, and where it fits and why it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I can't do those types of um, reflection exercises by myself. I, I definitely need to go and talk to people that are sort of well off in their career path.
0: Right, right. That's interesting. I think no you definitely touched on something really important is that, you know, Having, um, I guess, mentors or at least you know advisors, people that you can go to whenever you're feeling like, you know, you're at a as a, I guess, at a critical moment in your career or a pivotal moment in your career where you need to sort of make a decision as to what to do next, um, mm-hmm. and you know what you did is it's that that is a pivotal moment, right? It is that you know the ability to to seek counsel from these people and and they're able to like guide you and show you. Um, what path to take next.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: yeah, awesome. Um. So the next question I have for you is, uh, what is the biggest challenge you ever had in your life and how did you overcome it?
2: Mm. Um... I think this one is a, is a little bit more, um, I think personal and geared towards, you know, your first years as an adult or in your kind of like adult life. Um, right. I'd say the biggest challenge I faced so far, uh, cause I know bigger ones are probably going to come. <laughs>
0: right, right. Right.
2: Um, but I think the biggest one I've, I've faced, uh, so far is juggling, maintaining and exercising due diligence on your social life
1: right. um,
2: when you when you're past those structured phases of life like high school boarding school college where everyone is under a specific schedule there is a little bit of similarity across everybody it's so easy to float and have friends and have acquaintances and it comes easy and right. you're not intentional about it and um, and you're also in a setting where you really don't have to filter through people and, right. and, and uh, you know, an OK, who has the in in your life and li- life and who and who does not. Um, but when you're a, an adult, um, you meet so many people, you talk to so many people, you don't have the time to do that thorough due diligence and, and and that can lead to having a lot of people around you draining your energy or that can lead to you being so overwhelmed that you cocoon back and you have absolutely no one around you. So striking right. that balance has been honestly the biggest challenge And the past year or so. I've definitely taken a step back, filtered through, the people that have access to my life, and right. um, uh, exercised my own due diligence. And I think one thing I learned, and it was really hard to come to terms with this, but you can love people, you can respect them, uh, but you really don't owe them keeping them around in your life if it just doesn't work for you, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and um, if you filter them away, uh, you can just honour them and honour the time they've shared with you in the past or whatever by um, sharing a good word about them if their name comes up or if someone asks you about them or whatnot, um, but you've got to do what works for you and you should not feel guilty about that. So, uh, I guess in a nutshell, just uh, maintaining relationships, kind of like slimming them down to the ones that work both ways, obviously, because you want people to support you, but you also want to be supportive towards others. Um, and funny enough, when I've done that, and you know, this is not something that I've done over a day or two. It really takes time to um, go through all these contacts or people, you know, and think through it. But um, once I've done it over the course of several months, I realized that truly, truly, the friends that I love dearly and I know for a fact, they love me back dearly um and we've supported each other in ways uh, unimaginable sometimes. Uh they're really not based geographically in the same place as myself. Right.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. they're kind 80%. of scattered
2: all over the world. Yeah. yeah. And um and 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 with that you just need a little bit a, a bit of an extra effort to make sure you're touching base with them and they're touching base with you every right. every now and then. Um but yeah, I think that that has been the biggest challenge so far.
0: Awesome, awesome. No, I definitely, I, I resonate with the part that, you know, your closest friends and the ones that you really uh, value and appreciate and also value and appreciate you too, they're just geographically spread out the world, across the world. It's like the same situation with me, right? It's, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, and it's like you said, you, you just need to make that extra effort to make sure, you know, you're always touching base with them, seeing if they are right. And likewise, you know, hopefully they're reciprocating the same kind of Response to you as
2: well. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. Awesome. So the next question I have for you is, um, what advice would you give someone who's trying to do the same things as you?
2: Uh, and we're talking career-wise, right?
0: Yeah, it could be career, it could be personal. I mean, yeah, <laughs> if you want to touch on personal, but I think I think probably career.
2: Career, yes. Um, I would say if if you know if you're interested in tapping into financial services industry, just do your homework first and really read up on the different paths that are out there. I know a lot of students, um, they, they go into college and they hear investment banking and they think that's the most prestigious thing ever in, right. in the world. Yeah, it's like, um, it's like soft
0: engineering as well. It's the same type of response. Yeah, <laughs> there yeah. you go.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not it it really isn't it's not the end-all be-all as I said Um, um, and I I know it's marketed in a way that um, you know you're told it's it's super competitive and it and it's and it's highly selective and whatnot guess what every career path is competitive it's and highly selective. True. Uh, you think schools are just hiring teachers left, right and center. Uh, oh, being an educator is one of the hardest jobs to land. Yeah, you have to get or PhD being a clinic to be a professor. <laughs> yeah, or being a clinical psychologist or being yeah. so don't don't go into something just because it has that exclusivity tag. Don't do that. Um read up about the the industry and the layout of the land. There's so much that you can do. And I would highly, highly recommend people just taking a step back and figuring out what they enjoy the most and what they're so good at and finding right. that one job that strikes the balance between two. And if I were to give an example, let's say a student comes in and says, I really, really love, um, to chat up with people and know how they're doing and Mm -hmm. just you know always be surrounded by people and talking to them and catching up with them and whatnot and on the flip side i also really 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 enjoy organizing and and just just being organized maybe you should look into roles that are client facing from the get-go not that allow you to do that later on in the tenure Um, so definitely just read up and and talk to people network with people if you go to a specific school go to your go to your LinkedIn tab in the search tab look up your school and then filter by your alums and then look at those alums that work at the different um, let's say banks or funds or know wherever you want to end up and and chat them up and reach out i feel like people uh really love helping students and talking to students so use that card when you're still a student use it and overuse it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah no i i 100 like resonate with you know you talking about people doing their research and um first Mm -hmm. understanding themselves and understanding just the fields that they want to get into and sort of trying to find something that's the right fit for them. There's actually a really good book called um it's called I think it's a good book it's called Ikigai. It's about like finding the meaning of work and life. And essentially it's like there's a Venn diagram, like four different parts of a Venn diagram. And essentially like one of the parts is like what you love, another is what you're good at, another is what you're what you can be paid for, and the other is what you, what the world needs. And your Ikigai is like the combination of all these four parts, right? The middle where everything intersects, right?
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, yeah, so like, that's, that's a really
1: good
2: way to present it too.
0: Yeah, yeah, so for anyone listening to this, like, if you want to, I guess, learn more about what Hans is talking about, and, like the book, if you search up Ikigai, like I-K-I-G-A-I, you can find the book online, and then just read about it, and just find it, figure out about like, those four parts of the Venn diagram, and just like, create your own, and then just figure out what your own Ikigai is. So, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So my next question for you is, uh, where are you heading to? What are you hoping to accomplish in the next couple of years?
2: Mm. Um. What I'm. Let me start with the second one. Where what I hope to accomplish in the next few years. Um. I'm just gonna go back to what I said earlier. I just really wanna sort of hammer down the technical skills needed in the space where I work. I'd love to become an expert at what I do. Uh, Right now, obviously, I'm still new at what I do. It takes me some time to look through a structure or understand why certain numbers are coming a certain way and why they make sense. Um, I hope in a few years I'll be at the level of the people that overlook my work and I'll be able to as soon as I look at a number in a specific setting and context, I'll know whether it's right or wrong. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so hoping, hoping to, you know, acquire those skills and, and I've definitely been lucky and, and and blessed to be able to learn from people that are very, very successful at what they do. So right. definitely kind of like seeping, all that knowledge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: um, where I hope to go. Um, if I still enjoy what I do, I'd, I'd love to um, get better at it, um, uh, gain more exposure and expertise, be it by staying here in New York City or moving to different regions so that I can understand um, uh, with a closer look how asset class I'm in in the financial markets in in whatever region I choose to go to works Um, if I don't enjoy what I do anymore I just hope I will have the courage to not be complacent and stay where I am for the sake of comfort but I'll have the courage to uh, just get up and do again my research and figure out what it is that's going to make me smile and tick and be happy for the next say four or five years
0: <laughs> right right that's awesome that's um so what I'm hearing from you is um you know a, a pursuit to uh, to accomplish well to achieve uh, domain expertise at, at what mm-hmm. you're doing and then it's um, you know basically making sure that you know whatever you're working on that you're you're happy and that you enjoy it and that um, it's something that really brings you fulfillment right
1: yeah
0: yeah awesome awesome yeah. Um, yeah. cool so the next set of questions i have for you are a bit more personal and the first one i have for you is do you practice self improvement and if so what do you do
2: um, I don't think I practice it as much as I would want to uh, but I do believe that you are what you do repeatedly right. and um, being in a place that is hectic 24 7 and surrounded by a world that is just plugged on all the time uh, I feel like the Older I get the more appreciative I am of a calm demeanor in people mm-hmm. um, and as much as I appreciate it in people I also want to have it as well and I know that one way to be able to sort of lock that down is by uh, either meditating and reflecting praying whatever you want to call it
1: right.
2: uh, so that's one side uh, that I'm a little bit more, I've been a l- very focused on for the past few months and just trying to um, squeeze in those minutes of the day where I can um, practice a little bit of meditation or right. clock in a little prayer to mm-hmm. kind of just calm your brain from you know the hyperactivity that's going on in the right. and the thinking and the analyzing all the time and overthinking all the time um but uh just like anybody else i i have so many things to improve on (laughs) (laughs) that's good it's good
0: (laughs) 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 self-awareness is important right that's good it's good (laughs) like nobody's perfect honestly
2: yeah i have i have so much to work on but uh I I, it's 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 really hard to not get overwhelmed
0: um
2: by that list but I try my best
0: awesome awesome no I, I I resonate with the meditation and the prayer thing that is something that I actively practice on a daily basis and like you're right it's really it's really good and important to just have time to yourself to just like calm your mind um stick a chill pill not really stress about you know not really stress about like what you have to do during the day or whatever happened last night it's like oh man oh shit that colleague really pissed me off a lot it's like no just like you know relax for a minute and just take let it go let it go let it go for a little bit um uh, i think it's 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 really really important for just anyone listening um so my next question for you is um you sort of did touch ab- about this in your previous answer but the question is what is one area of your life you feel oh. you could improve on?
2: Oh my god I have two.
1: Okay.
2: Um, alarmingly needs improvement in my eating pattern and my sleeping <laughs> pattern. sleeping patterns okay.
0: <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> they
2: need they need major improvements and you know it's funny how um when you get busy you i personally tend to disregard all the small things that might take up a bit of time here and a bit of time there i.e sleeping well eating on time drinking water but you know when you're not doing those you're really not that productive and you just end up dragging things over time and it's like a vicious cycle and i only became aware of it recently that okay we i have to start fixing things slowly but surely it's not going to be an overnight change um but i'd say those are the two things that i you know i need i need to really need to kind of like buckle up and work on and and Mm if if um i know this is gonna sound so cliche but health comes above above anything and everything. it's not
0: cliche i i don't think it's cliche. well uh, they make it sound cliche but it's important there's a reason why it's cliche right Because it's important yeah. no i agree with you 100 percent. i agree with you 100 percent. and it's yeah. i literally tell my audience and i tell like even though some of the videos that are not the podcast stuff um like one of the videos is about how to how to invest invest your money, right? And the first thing I talk about is invest in your health. I'm like, that's the most important thing that you have, right? Yeah, you yeah. Know, like,
1: yeah.
0: Get a gym membership. Go for therapy if you need it. Take meditation. Like whatever. Like just do, invest as much money in your health because you yeah. only have one body and one life, so you have to take care of it.
2: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Take care of yourself, guys.
0: <laughs> absolutely, it's important. It's important, absolutely. Um, cool. So the next question I have for you is, uh, what does being a woman mean to you? Mm. <laughs> Don't worry. I know this this set of questions usually throw every every guest off, but you're you're not alone in that sense.
1: Um, well,
2: I I grew up surrounded by women that were very nurturing and very loving Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, and they've done that in an abundant way. To me being a woman in this day and age is to still be proud of those nurturing and loving traits but to have the courage and capacity to just be realistic and cut off the nurturing and the loving to anyone that doesn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Yeah. I, I, would, I would say that.
0: I like that response. That's you know, that's really good. I, I like that. I really do like that. Um, so the follow-up question to this is, you know, how do you approach or how do you navigate life as this said woman?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I think... I don't know what it's like to be a guy, but being a woman is so much fun. (laughs) 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 Um, But jokes aside, um, I think um, and and obviously I'll speak uh, for myself, I know even within being a woman or within someone's femininity, there is a huge spectrum and you know, uh, people that do identify as, as women, some are more feminine than others, etc, but I'll, I'll speak for myself, and I'll say that um, navigating the world as a woman is ki- kind of like um, having a piano soundtrack on all the time. Wow. No matter how ugly something is, or unpleasant, mm. I I just always seem to find something fun, enjoyable, beautiful, something that can be appreciated. And I think that has to do with um, the dreamy side that a lot of um, most women tend to have. I'm not trying to bucket anyone into anything. I'm right. going to speak of myself. Um, but um, that dreaminess and that hopefulness, um, when you use it uh, to go through your day-to-day or to just think about your plans and future, it's a really nice fuel because um, things are tough and hectic and stressful all the time that can that can beat you down into thinking that you really cannot do anything or can't achieve what you really like but if you just turn on that dreamy hopeful tap right.
0: Right.
2: <laughs> it yeah. helps and and makes everything easier
0: nice nice that's that's very cool all right Lahansa, uh we are coming towards the end of this interview um do you have any questions for me
2: You know how did you how did you come up with this concept? I'm just curious.
0: Uh, the concept is in the like the name of the thing or like just the general idea.
2: The general idea.
0: Yeah, um, that's so. With the, it was funny because it, it wasn't like there wasn't even much thought towards it. It was like oh this sounds cool. Like let me start, and then I literally reached out to the first person that I knew of, and they were like yeah let's do it, and then it just sort of took off from there, right? But Mm -hmm. the thought process behind it was that, you know, like, um, I've been very privileged and I'm very grateful to know a lot of people that are doing amazing things and really inspire me. And I feel like, and their, their stories aren't shared, you know? Um, so I'm like, you know what, I, I think I have the ability to, to help share these stories about these people and, and hopefully their stories like inspire and motivate people, other people, just like it does, it has for me. So... That was the thought process behind it. Um, I can talk a bit about the name, how I came up with the name. The, literally, I was like, I was thinking about the set of people, and I was, for some reason, I was thinking about frats and sororities, like in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, so because like because you know I'm you know what I mean like you know with frats and sororities like you know you have like the set of people they have like a common mission or vision and like they do things mm-hmm. together and, mm-hmm. and I was trying to like and, and I was like you know having this seeing those similarities right these set of people that are operating at a higher level right they have like some common traits so the name alpha Delta sort of came from that it's like how do I group these people as, a, as a, like as a society in a sense um, but mm-hmm. interesting enough like someone one of my first interviewee gave me a really really good understanding of, of what he he understood the title of was so for him he's like um so, you know like the term alpha means like first, right? You're top, right? You're a high achiever, right? And the term delta means change, right? So these set of people, right? They're always constantly pursuing and constantly trying to be the best, but also they're always evolving and improving and getting better and better. And I was like, what? that is a lot better than it's beautiful. Yeah, it's like it's a beautiful understanding. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say that like going forward, I'm <laughs> just gonna always talk about that, but. Yeah, yeah, so kudos to Arinze if you're watching this, Um, yeah.
2: (laughs) That's so nice. Well, I guess um, I'm sure a lot of people thank you, and and I'm going to thank you for starting this. I think it's a really cool concept. I don't think we have much of this uh, on the continent, and hopefully it'll grow into becoming a really rich network where a lot of people can benefit from each other and hearing each other's stories, so
0: absolutely that's 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 a dream (laughs) thank you a lot and i I appreciate you you know just taking the time um and um i really did enjoy this conversation we had um and i also think the audience is going to enjoy it as well um so final remarks (laughs) Yeah, um where can people find you and is there anything that you want to promote or plug on this on this episode
2: I do not have anything to promote, but I, I, I do want to say thanks to everyone that took the time to listen to us, hopefully um, one or two things that we've said resonated with, with you. And, and um, Joe here is a great resource for everyone, I'm sure if you reach out or just holler, he will not, um, um, you know, he'll be generous to respond and, and be around. Uh, if anyone's interested to reach out or ask further questions, uh, they can reach me on Instagram. I think I'm the most active over there. And it's just my first name and a dot and the first half of my last name because both my names are just way too long <laughs> to, to, to have on the handle. So it's el-hanza.cad. Um And my account is private, but if they, if if they just shoot me a message, uh, I'll be able to read and respond.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, for anyone watching, I'll add all her social links in the description of this video. I'll also add your LinkedIn too for people to check that out if they want to reach out to you there. Um, so yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you everybody for watching this episode of Alpha Delta. Um, I've been your host Joe karaoke and I'm joined with my guest Alhansa. Um, You know, the purpose of this series is just to motivate and inspire people to become the best version of themselves. So, for us, this is goodbye, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace.
2: Bye.